to Women of Fortitude with Rondi Jane and Kelsey. This is a place where women will share their stories in order to inspire other women. And also to remind all women that you are a woman of fortitude. Welcome. Thank you for joining us on our first episode of Women of Fortitude with Rondi Jane and Kelsey. We're so glad that you've joined us today. This will be our first episode, and today we're just going to do a kind of get to know you with myself and Kelty. So we are sisters. She is 10 years older than me. So growing up, it was like she was my second mom, and now we're like best friends, and we do pretty much everything together. So I hope this podcast becomes a platform of inspiration for you and a reminder to all women how powerful we actually are. So since we're going to be talking to lots of powerful women, women of fortitude, Kelty, why don't you tell us what makes you a woman of fortitude? Before I jump all into all that, I do want to say we all have our stories. We all have obstacles that we face and all women are women of fortitude. And that's the main thing that I want women to know. I have several things in my life that I have overcome and I have survived, I guess, in a way. The main thing, I guess, that has plagued me for years is depression. As a teenager, I can remember crying for no reason and just being sad. And, you know, everybody just puts it off on hormones. And it is hormones. That is the problem. But those hormones can be regulated and you can have a normal life. I know at the age of 18 or 19, somebody approached my mom and told her that they thought I was depressed and she just blew it off and no, no, she wasn't. So it was much on much further into my adult lifetime that I got on medication and actually got treatment for my depression. But uh, people want to say, I don't have a reason to be depressed. You don't have to have a reason. The reason is the hormone imbalances. The reason is that you don't have enough dopamine or serotonin or whatever your hormone is that's out of balance. And it may be all of them. It just depends. Going back to that, people saying, well, I don't have a reason to be depressed. But you don't. You don't have to have a reason. And I really want to stress that that you don't have to have an event in your life. Events in your life can make it worse. And when I talk about depression, I'm not talking about somebody that's grieving or somebody that's had a major issue in their life that would leave them sad and depressed. And those people too may need medication just to get through a brief period of time. But in my case, my depression is a hormone imbalance. And if I don't take my medication, I can tell a difference. And depression has affected my life in many, many different ways. It has affected me rearing my children. It has affected my work. It has affected my marriage. It has affected pretty much all aspects of my life. It was really the worst right after I had my second child. And I kind of blamed it on postpartum. And I'm sure that that was a big part of it. 
but it probably just made what I already had worse. But once I started on medication, I actually started liking myself again. I, for many, many years, I hid my depression behind a smile. I could put on a really good front in front of people. At home, I was not so nice. I was usually very um, ill and confronted with my spouse and probably much more ill with my children than I should have been maybe. But hopefully I started on medication early enough in their lifetime that they were not um, scarred too badly by my behavior. But I just want women to know that that is something that we all, not we all, but a lot of people face. And no, it does not have to be an event in your life. But yes, if you have a death, then yes, you're going to be sad. You're going to grieve. And sometimes, yes, you do need a little help to get through that with some medication. But I'm talking about lifelong issues. Sometimes you're irrational. Sometimes you're, you're just sad and you don't know why and you just want to cry. You're ill. You look for a reason to be mad at somebody. There's just lots and lots and lots of different behaviors that show depression. So do you think there is a difference between situational depression and hormonal? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. And do both need medication? Not always. A situational issue, well, let's say if, if a female is going through a divorce, that's a very torturous time for traumatic, them, traumatic yeah. in their life. And they have lots of issues to deal with. It's very stressful and it's sad because, and you're grieving that relationship, whether you're glad to see them go or not, you still are grieving that relationship and that loss. So some women go through that without any medication at all. Some women need just a little something to help them for a few months until they get their situation straightened out and then they don't need medication anymore. But then, like I said, in my case, I don't want to try life without my medication. <laughs> and actually this past week, I won't say a name, but I had a person um, in my life tell me that they missed a few days of their medication. They were off schedule and out of town in a different environment and missed a few doses of their medication and then for two or three days until they got back on schedule, they felt horrible. Mm -hmm. And the comment that she made to me was, you know, I used to feel like this every day and I just had to suck it up and deal with it. Mm -hmm. And I, I got back on my medication and so I feel better now. But how many of us go through life like that? We don't realize how bad we feel until somebody tells us. Yeah. Or we realize for ourselves. Me, it was a very enlightening moment at work for me. I'm a nurse, and at the time I was an ER nurse. And we had a patient come in, and he had taken a lot of Benadryl, trying to overdose. And I was in the room with the doctor, and we were talking to him, and he said, I didn't want to, I didn't want to kill myself. I just wanted to go to sleep. Hmm. and I stopped 
I thought about that for a minute. And when we walked out of the room, I looked at the doctor and I said, I need to talk to you. And he said, well, what? I said, I'm, I think I'm depressed. I think I need medication because I feel like he does. I just want to go to sleep. Now, granted, I had never tried to overdose or anything, but, you know, that could have been coming if I had not had my eyes opened in that way. I've also had family, my husband, and of course, Rondi has talked to me a time or two probably about um, got to get your crap together or <laughs> you shouldn't be so ill with the kids or things like that, that kind of helped open my eyes too. But it's not, it's not something to be ashamed of. It's just something that is. Mm -hmm. If you're a diabetic, you take medications for that. If you have thyroid issues, you take medications for that. If you're sick, you take medications. So depression is an illness. It is not just situational. And I just want women to know that. It's not anything to be ashamed of. And it's not anything that you should let take over your life. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I think that's about, that's about all I have to share about that for now, unless you have <laughs> anything else you want to ask or add or. No, I think that's a very good point. And a lot of times um, it is, it's like a gut punch when somebody else holds that mirror up in front of you and says mm -hmm. like, something's not right here. You need to reevaluate. But sometimes like that's what we need. We need that punch in the gut to yeah. get to a doctor and. If somebody approaches you and tells you that, don't be mad. They're doing it because they love you. And, uh, you know, yes, it is a gut punch. And, yes, it can kind of, like, take you aback for a minute or two, even a day or two. And it's okay. It's okay to hold that person at arm's length for a minute. But just know they're not trying to ridicule you or make you feel bad in any way they just love you and they want what's best for you absolutely that's good so Rondi, mm. you want to talk to us and tell us what makes you a woman of fortitude sure so we could actually talk about that topic like all day like because yeah. we're kind of I guess it's hereditary yeah that's another question do you think it's hereditary oh definitely yes that has also affected my life as well and something that my eyes had to be open with for. But um, that's not the direction I want to go. I looked up fortitude and, well, you looked it up for me, actually. <laughs> and um, the definition of fortitude means courage in pain or adversity. Mm, so pretty much, as Kelty said, all women are women of fortitude. We all face pain or adversity some at some point in our life and most and we do it with courage. Or, you know, it comes out as courage. It turns into courage because that's who we are as women. We keep going. I'm gonna say what makes me a woman of fortitude is probably my journey as a parent and my journey as a foster parent, especially course like you can talk to any woman that's had a child and you know childbirth alone makes you a woman of fortitude <laughs> absolutely <laughs> but but then there's 
we got into foster care about six years ago. Has it been that long? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a whole nother world. It's a whole nother ball game of parenthood. There's, of course, there's many different factors, but you know how a woman will always remember their birth story, like how the day that they gave birth, they're always going to, you're not going to forget that. But I'm the same with my fosters. We've had three different foster children. Our first one is actually, he actually went back to his biological dad, but there's just so much um, that I learned from him and all my foster babies, but I'll never forget that first time that I mm-hmm. saw them. And I just fell in love with them immediately and wanted to help them, wanted to love them. And with our first one, it was a lot of ups and downs because what I didn't realize going into fostering is, you know, I felt like I was very, like, not sheltered. Like, I, you know, Daniel and I had moved to Chattanooga. We lived there for a while. We moved to Birmingham. So I was like, you know, I'm kind of cultured, like, you know, but the places we lived we're like, you know, middle class, working class people who worked and cared for their kids. I never knew this other area of life existed where people just left their kids in hotel rooms for days with a bag of cookies and didn't potty train their kids. And so our first one we got when he was five and was not potty trained. And it was just, it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely heartbreaking to know what these children go through. And then they have so many mental issues and all kinds of obstacles that they need to overcome mentally, like the trauma and they need therapy and medications and it just, the list goes on and on. Anyway, so our first one, there was a time when I felt like I failed him because I didn't help him but I did help him but in my mind I guess I thought helping would mean adopting and keeping him forever and it took me a long time to realize like he wasn't mine but he is God's child and God is still taking care of him Daniel and I just weren't meant to be his forever parents but it took a long time to swallow that pill So we have two boys of our own, and our second boy was diagnosed with autism a couple years ago, and so that has been learning about autism and learning how to strategize and all the things. It's a lot. It's, It's also another world that I did not know existed. So that's what parenthood in general has done for me is just opened up worlds that I didn't know were out there. And so I'm just navigating and playing it by ear and just facing, talk about adversity. Autism is still pretty new to society. Even before he was diagnosed, I heard a lot about, oh, it's Autism Awareness Month. Be aware. And I'm like, oh, those poor kids with autism, you know. But now that it's my kid... Like, I know so much more, especially what they call high-functioning autism. (laughs) Well, I was going to say, 
the scale for autism is unreal because you go from like your child, which is highly functioning and very intellectual to the nonverbal. So, I mean, there's a wide range there. It is a spectrum. That's why they call it as an autism spectrum. Yes. So, but the, the label high functioning makes people think, well, high functioning, he should be able to Mm -hmm. do the things that all the other kids are doing. His brain just works a little different. Well, not exactly. Like he, he can't handle a lot of things that the other kids can. For example, crowds. And high speed, like in class, if they're doing things very quickly, jumping from one thing to the next, his, he doesn't process as quickly. So it just, he is very smart and he can learn, but it just has to be slowed down a little bit. And we, we can't just go, 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 go. So because people don't understand autism, they definitely do not understand meltdowns. Meltdowns are looked at as, bratty and they look at it as a temper tantrum yeah yeah he's just not getting his way and yes sometimes that is the reasoning but ultimately the reason is his brain cannot process why he's not getting his way and usually it's either a change of schedule or he had it set in his mind well this is what I was gonna do I mean like today he was very on edge because usually every Sunday we have lunch at our mom's house but today you switched it to here to your house <laughs> and he was like well let's just go to nana's anyway and i'm like well nobody's gonna be there but that's where we eat lunch so that's why he came in already on the defense and already kind of battling everybody but because in his brain like this is not where we're supposed to be this is not how things go so it's it is it's hard to make people understand and I've kind of just got to the point where I don't care if you understand it or not I understand it and I'm going to do what's best for him and just try to raise him to be a productive citizen and then we have our daughter we adopted in April coming up on her one year gotcha day yes coming up on that and her ninth birthday so she came to us when she was was she sick? Yes, she was sick. She was six, yes. She came into our family just wanting to accept all the love that we yeah. had to give her. Like, she just fell into our family. And I still, like, think, like, yeah, she's a little bit darker than us. But I do, like, I see a resemblance. Like, she reminds me of you, my yeah. sister, Kelty. Like, when she was young, her skin was a little bit darker. And her hair, she had that very curly hair. And uh, we were at the nail shop the other day, and the nail guy was, like, looking back and forth from me to her, from me to her. And, like, I could see his wheels turning, <laughs> but he didn't want to say anything. He was like, oh, she has dimples like you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then he did finally say, is she mixed? <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> and that's all I said. I didn't even go into it. But he was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but she is ours. And But even though she wanted to accept all our love and guidance and everything we had to give her, she still comes with trauma and things that we have to work through pretty much on the day. Not the daily as much anymore, but 
you know, there's still times when her mind goes back to that other life and there are times she acts out and we have to talk things through. Our fourth baby is still in foster care. Uh, his plan has been changed to adoption. He's just ours. Yeah. <laughs> He's just our heart. and um, He's all of ours. <laughs> yes. Our Black Friday special. I was going to say, actually, it was year before last. Yeah. Yeah, year before it was last. 2021. Yes. Yes. The journey of foster life is just crazy because God speaks to you and you're like, really? Really? Because when I was called... Like, we were going through a lot of stuff uh, with Brantley. Brantley was having trouble in class. He was having trouble on his new medication. Lots of things were going on. And then the social worker calls and is like, hey, I have a little two-month-old baby. Can you take him? And in my heart, like, I immediately said yes. But my mouth had to say, well, I got to ask my husband. (laughs) And uh, so I called Daniel, and he was hunting and I was like, yeah, um, she wants to know if we can take this baby. And he was like, oh, well, we can't. I was like, well, I think we can. He was like, well, whatever you think. And he really thought I was kidding. <laughs> so I told her yes. And when he got home from hunting, he kind of peeked around the corner. And he was like, oh, there ain't no baby here. And then he walked on in and there he was like, <laughs> he was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but um, I just felt like just, it, just something in me said, you have to say yes. So anyway, each journey with my babies and my foster babies have taught me something and shown me pain or adversity and okay, well, I'm just going to stop you right there because you did not talk about your first baby. Your oldest baby. Oh my gosh! I didn't talk about Brayden. <laughs> oh no. Well, see. Okay. Um. Ah, yes. See, because you're, he's over. Yeah. Uh, he's out of high school. Yes. So, like he's grown now, and he doesn't count. Oh uh, yes. Oh, I'm so sorry, Brayden. Uh, <laughs> and he brought me a lot of pain and adversity too. <laughs> Uh, I had Brayden when I was 17, so, oh my goodness, I'm so glad that he survived (laughs) because I did not really know what I was doing, but I was so determined to prove to everybody, like, okay, I may be young, but I got this, and um, somehow we did. I did, yeah. He graduated a year early as valedictorian, and I'm super, super proud of him. Okay, so... Do I have any more kids that I forgot about? I, I, think that's, I think that covers them. So my kid, I feel like my kids are what give me the fortitude to keep going in life. All right. Are you ready? Sure. All right. For each of our guests, we're going to end with some rapid fire questioning. All right. So, Kelsey, what is your favorite song of the week? Well, this week, Hardy released his new album. And, of course, you know, I like that Wait in the Truck song. Oh. But my favorite for this week is his new song called Red. Oh, I'll have to check that out. What about you? What's your favorite song of the week? Um, My favorite song is I'm Stuck on Lainey Wilson, Heart Like a Truck. I just, yes. I love it. And I like Lainey. 
Whitney has a new song too. Does she? Okay. All right, Kelty. Who's your favorite Disney princess? That would be Cinderella. And it's all your fault. <laughs> because you made me watch Cinderella thousands of times when you were a kid. Okay. I'm going to go with Anna from Arendelle. I think that she is highly underrated. Not just because she's the baby, but <laughs> because... She was the one who had all the courage to climb up that snowy mountain and find Elsa. And, like, kids are all like, I want to be Elsa. But Anna's the real hero. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, next question is, what's your favorite place to relax? Oh, AZ, my bed. My, uh, I'm just uh, a bed person. Yes, yes. Well, I, that, that works for me, too. But I really like to be able to be outside in my hammock. Yeah. I like it when it's warm and I can do that. Yeah, that sounds fun. All right. All right. The last time you laughed and what was it about? Okay. I think that's going to be the same for both of us. Yes, we have definitely laughed trying to put this podcast together and figure out all this equipment. Yes. All right. Here we go. Describe your job in three words. Okay. I'm a teacher. Um, I say it is stressful rewarding, and fulfilling. Very good. I am a nurse, and right now I work as a case manager in short-stay surgery, and I deal with surgeons every day. So I say my job is very, very stressful. <laughs> That's it. That's work. <laughs> okay. All right. So this is about to wrap up our first episode of women of fortitude thank you so much for listening hope you'll join us next time we will have a guest in our minds we think we know who it is but it may be to be determined but we do have several people in mind so our next show we'll have a guest and we will continue on talking about different women issues and different stories i cannot wait to hear everybody's awesome stories all right check us out on facebook and Instagram, women underscore of underscore fortitude. And on Facebook, it's just women of fortitude. No underscore or anything. So 